hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 106, sorry, 36th film. It's the 2019 sports drama High Flying Bird. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. It stars Andre Holland, Zazie Beetz, Melvin Gregg, Sonia So, Zachary Quinto, Kyle McLaughlin, and Bill Duke. I am Jesse, and I am here as your host today for this Netflix original film, which I will be spoiling um, throughout this episode. So if you haven't seen High Flying Bird, uh, give us a pause, come back later, because we're going to get straight into this where I run off with my fast flicks, which is a quick little summary of what this whole film is about. And and this um, surrounds a lockout during an NBA season, um, and it highlights the dealings behind the scenes by agents, businesses, and players as well. So um, as we get into this one, I guess it's a, it is a sports film, but very little um, to do with actual um, sport in it, I guess. There's no sport playing, really. It's it's all about the inside workings of, um, you know, the the managers and and people that work alongside these players. So if you're interested in this one, give it a give it a watch because I'm going to talk about some history about this one and how it's put together. And Steven Soderbergh, very 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 well known director, and he sort of went through this little bit of a phase um, in 2018 2019 where. He wanted to use an iPhone as much as possible for his film. So um, this film, High Flying Bird, was filmed completely on an iPhone 8. And this is the second film that he um, had done on an iPhone. So he did Unsane as well, which is another um, another another film that he completely filmed and edited on um, an iPhone. So um, goes in with this. And I think he made sort of some commentary about, you know, moving forward, this is the sort of thing that he'd want to do um, with with his filmmaking is use the, the new technology that's available for him. Um, and I guess that, that led to it being filmed really quickly. Uh, it was filmed in and around New York um, between Feb and March 2018, so really, really quickly. Um, and, you know, after the rough cut, it, it, three hours afterwards, he'd, he'd pretty, much, pretty much had this rough cut ready to go after they'd finished filming, which is quite impressive. And, and he did speak about how Netflix got involved with this film. And, and Soderbergh said that he'd been in conversations with Netflix during Unsane, which is that film I mentioned before. And when he ended up going in a different way um, with that film, he said, look, I've got this other thing. I'll make sure you get your eyes on it early. And when it was basically finished, he, he took it to Netflix and they said, cool, we'll buy it. And it was and that was as simple as that. And it felt like that the kind of film that this was for him, that the best way to for people to see it was to get it on Netflix, which uh, sounds like I'm repeating myself yet again about directors and their relationships with Netflix. And he said it's got a, a better shot about finding all the people who will like it by being on this service. Otherwise, you know, he didn't really want to see this slow rolling platform release you know which can be expensive and bound by the theaters that it's played in um and you know you can't just go wherever he wants so he felt like he'd rather drop it and have everybody see it all at once which we see so many times um with these films that we've been looking at on this show the title of the film so high flying bird is the english title in greece it's called jump to the top in hungary it's called soaring bird in Japan, it's got a bit of a weird translation called Aim for the Top of Basketball. And in Vietnam, it was called Basketball Superstar. So all these titles go very nicely along with what this film is about. It opened at the Slam Dance Film Festival on the 27th of Jan, 2019. 
couple of weeks later on the 7th of Feb, um, it played at the Film Comment Selects Festival before the next day hitting Netflix worldwide on the 8th of Feb, 2019. Apparently, Steven Soderbergh had about $2 million that he used for this film um, and did have seven nominations um, at a various um, variety of film um, film awards um, ceremonies, but nothing really too special that stands out and didn't actually win any of them anyway. Consensus for this one. So the critics, Rotten Tomatoes had it at 91% on 134 reviews. So this is certified fresh, um, very, very high up there. Audience on Rotten Tomatoes, however, on on a bit over 100 reviews, had it at 50%. So not as well received by your general um, movie going person. IMDb had it at a 6.2 out of 10 um, on 7,800 reviews. And Letterboxd had about 20,000 people rate it at 3.3 out of 5. So very, very close to what we're seeing there on IMDb. Nothing quite as high as what the critics have said for this one. My early thoughts for this one. Um, so I've seen this one multiple times. I I used this um, in the classroom when I was teaching and looking at the, the change in filmmaking techniques and technologies, and especially with this being filmed on an iPhone, I actually was getting memories and scenes from this film confused a little bit with another Netflix original that we looked at a while ago called Amateur. Um, So, yeah, I I was expecting scenes to pop up and I'm like, no, no, that wasn't in this film. And, um, but it it didn't um, take away from my enjoyment of this one. I think that it is a wordy film. There's a lot of dialogue, very dialogue heavy, but, but quite juicy dialogue. And I think it's well worth a watch if you, if you take the time, it's a short 90 minute runtime. So can easily get through this one quickly. And and I would recommend it. And I'll, I'll give some reasons now as to, to why I think, and looking at some characters, Ray is our main character. He's this savvy businessman who knows what he's doing He He's had a passion for basketball and he knows how to work people. Um, there's never any doubt in his ability to handle a situation or get what he wants out of out of people. Um, you know, we see at the start, there's this he's sitting out trying to use a, a credit card to pay for this extravagant meal and it's declined, but, you know, he keeps moving quickly and he knows exactly what to do, how to handle the situation. No obstacle is a challenge for him. And, and this is seen through this number one draft pick, um, basketball draft pick, Eric, who is, is sort of um, meant to be managed by him. And, and he's this young, naive kid who, who doesn't quite understand this whole sport, this professional sporting world that, you know, he's about to join. And um, there's this other kid, Jamero, who's sort of in a similar situation that, that Ray tries to work off as well. And it's like this competition between the two, even though um, Eric does have that mindset that he knows that at some stage, they're probably going to be playing together. They're going to be in this league together. And um, he does make this comparison between the two, that Jamiro is this kid who is a little bit more well-off, plays organized ball, whereas he's the sort of kid that plays street ball, you know, and, and he's happy to do things a little bit harder than than just use money to to get what he needs. A couple of smaller characters, I guess. Sam is Ray's assistant, um, and she wants to she wants to achieve. Um, strong character. She's, she's, you know, they mentioned she graduated at the top of her class, but, but she can't work with Ray anymore because he doesn't give her the time that she needs, but she still respects him and still communicates with him in a, in a meaningful way that helps him get what he wants as well, I guess. And, and the last person I'll, I'll briefly mention is, is Spence. He is this moral compass of how black people are being treated um, throughout this, this basketball world, I guess. And he's almost this mentor for Ray and he's this mentor for lots of kids in underprivileged areas. And, and he's a really nice, stable character throughout just to remind people you know, the impact that some of these business decisions that are made can have on real life people. Steven Soderbergh, I'm going to talk briefly about him as the director. He has 46 directing credits, he's 55 producing credits. He's a big name, obviously Academy Award winner. Um, the big four of his films on IMDb. So the first one is Sex, Lies and Videotape from 1989. 
traffic um, from 2000, really big film as well as Aaron Brockovich in 2000. And then the other one that he's well known for is that Behind the Candelabra um, with Matt Damon and I can't remember who else, but that was a HBO show or like, um, you know, TV film from 2013, which did quite well. I mentioned briefly before too, Unsane is that film from 2018 he did on his iPhone. I thoroughly enjoy that film too. And the other one that we'll probably discuss at some stage coming up is The Laundromat, which is another Netflix original that he um, he did as well. And I think a lot of his work moving forward, I think he's possibly signed a deal with HBO and a few of his um, upcoming features are going to be output through that streaming service um, in America, obviously, but they may get a, a cinematic release in other parts of the world. So some scenes that I enjoyed in this one. Um, I think that throughout you see these cutaway scenes with NBA players. So, that, you know, they've got Reggie Jackson, um, Kat, uh, Donovan Mitchell and it, and it gave a real authenticity to this film that you've got these NBA players talking about their careers and then obviously the 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 scenes that these led into sort of reflected what they'd experienced in their own lives so I really enjoyed those intercuts throughout of the sit-down interviews with these players um, the camera work throughout in various scenes just just really good you know there's a lot of scenes that a full camera set up with a whole crew just wouldn't be wouldn't be feasible in some of these scenes. You know, you've got these tracking shots through a restaurant where you follow this this waitress. You've got these lovely um, scenes throughout New York City where we just follow Ray and, and just having, you know, an iPhone on a tripod to follow a character, it just gives you this, this sense of, um, you know, amazingness that you can manage this on such a small little device. Um, I mentioned Spence before as this moral compass sort of character and, and I really liked throughout his references that, they were done really subtly, but he made these references, you know, about slavery and the black experience throughout that just reminded you as the audience and the characters about the struggles that that they have in this world and, and how, um, and I guess this is probably talking a little bit about the themes that we're going to soon, but just how um, they have such little control at times over something that they are the main product of um, and, and that's how they are treated at times as a product. The last thing I'll talk about, just a little bit of a laugh that I had. One one funny scene is, um, you know, Eric has this build up as, as this number one draft pick player, and and to keep in the zone, he's got to make sure that he doesn't have sex before he plays. And there's a scene where he's challenged by this, you know, his nemesis, I guess, um, Jamiro, and he, like he just says out loud because he wants to play, and he's like, "No, nah, I just had sex," and I had a bit of a laugh. I thought that was quite funny. Um, the only the only thing that I didn't necessarily like in this one is this. To, to give a little bit of um, context to the film about what's going on in the outside world. During this lockout, there's, there's these constant television um, interview scenes in the background explaining this lockout. And I think there's a couple of times in an elevator where they've got a TV in the elevator playing this. And I, I get that, um, you know, maybe in this type of world and these types of offices that they do have, um, you know, TVs in, in elevators, but it was just a bit over the top for me, a bit, bit in your face. And uh, that will lead into some themes or some ideas from this one. So I think that uh, this this obviously talks a lot about money and power. And it's about business too and, and the abuse of this money and power through business. And, and why do the people in this environment hold the power that they do? Why are black people treated as a commodity? And I think they do this really well, like I mentioned, through the character of Spence. Um, and then obviously that leads into race too, where you've got these black athletes that are dependent on a system which is pretty much run by white rich dudes. And the NBA, you know, they mentioned it integrated so that they could control this situation. And 
and there's more players every year. So these deals that they're trying to, you know, there's more mouths that need to be fed and less money to go around if they do these collective bargaining agreements, which isn't necessarily fair for a lot of people. Um, I think too that the, the females in this film were very strong. Um, you had Sam, Myra, Jamiro's mum, they're all very, very strong. And it was just nice to see these, these women who knew what they wanted and knew how to deal with that in what is often seen as a man's world. There's this idea too about disrupting how things are, disrupting the status quo, changing what's what's the norm and going from there and trying to make sure that, you know, people are actually looked out for rather than being challenged and, and having to, you know, just you know, challenging things and rather than putting up with what's there already. I think just taking away from this, obviously, that being filmed on an iPhone, there are times throughout where some of the angles look a little bit weird, the, the fish lens that he uses at times, it gives you that, that feel of awkwardness, but you, you, you as a viewer get used to it very quickly and, and I think it is amazing, an amazing feat that you're a, he was able to create this whole film on an iPhone. All right, um, sometimes we jump onto IMDb to look up you know, people that we may recognize from, from different things. The first one, there's this David guy, he's a business dude in this, um, played by Kyle MacLachlan and he's got that recognizable face. I knew straight away that he was from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> this was a TV show that I used to watch uh, religiously and I could remember his character's name um, and he was in 96 episodes I checked out, so I should have remembered, but um, on the show, um, it was Orson. He was um, this character that played off Brie Vanderkamp in that show, so Orson was his name, which I felt a lot more um, comfortable once I once I <laughs> could work out what his name in that show was because it was one of those things that just sat in the back of my mind going, oh, what's his, what's his name from that show? So that made me feel happy. Um, and I'll, I will wrap this one up now. So I think that, you know, this is a really good sports film. If you like Moneyball, um, that looks at the, you know, that film about baseball, that looks more about the business side of things and the numbers side of thing, you might enjoy this one as well because there's the tiniest amount of actual sport in this. Um, it's cleverly put together and, and mainly because it's a really good script and they're believable situations. So even though it is fiction, um, you could see this playing out in real life and I enjoyed that. So um, more Soderbergh sports films, please. I'm giving this one a four out of five, which is uh, quite a high one. Uh, we are on social media. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. We pop posts up. So please do try and communicate with us through there if you like. The question I just wanted to ask, so Spence at some stage in this film, he says, do you care all the way or you don't care at all? What, what do you take from this? Do, do you think that you have to be all in on something to, to actually commit to it? Or, or can you care a little bit and then be upset with the outcomes of that? Or, or do you have no right to be upset with the outcomes of things unless you actually put yourself fully into that situation? So I really like that quote from Spence and I hope you do too. We're back again for another episode next week. And next week we've got another, oh, it's a 2019 film. It's the Indian Marathi language film called Firebrand. Uh, this is directed by Aruna Raj and it stars Ujra Jadhav, Sachin Kadika and Girish Kulkarni. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what this one's about. Looking forward to it. And hopefully you guys will join me next time to hear that one too. And as usual, thank you for popping along for this one. And if you haven't seen High Flying Bird, hopefully this has convinced you that you might want to check it out. And I will see you soon.